There is no duality in non-duality. Welcome to the Urban Guru Cafe. My interest in trying to understand these concepts and make them my direct experience and know them directly was to be free of suffering. This is the first of two programs of a conversation I had with Stephen Wingate. In it, he guides us through a step-by-step process that enables us to explore our direct experiences of our suffering, as well as our direct experiences of the concepts in non-duality, with the aim of helping us to free ourselves from our suffering. Firstly, Stephen explains the value of non-duality concepts in freeing us from suffering. We see that everything is a concept. Even if we say now, this present moment, here and now, we see that's just the concept. And then we say, well, I sense this aliveness now. I mean, you hear these words now, right? So this awareness is here now, we can say. So something is aware of these words. But as soon as we label it, it's a concept, and that's fine. So we see that everything we talk about is a concept. So then the question is, well, why even talk about it at all? You know, why not just go about our business? Why not get up and go to work and come home and, you know, have a glass of wine and watch television and and go to bed? Why even talk about these concepts at all, these concepts of awareness? And why look into who am I and, and all of this? Because we can see that we can spin around in these concepts forever, so why bother? And it seems to me, if someone believes they're suffering... As I did for years and years, I believed that I was suffering. I believed that the Stephen character was suffering. It's possible, through the use of these concepts, to be free of the suffering. Now, it may not require any concepts at all. I mean, the suffering may end on its own, you know. But, you know, we see that, and I can only speak from my own experience. I see that by using these concepts, what's real about me? Who am I? What am I? When am I real? And where am I real? So I can define myself in terms of space and time and and reality. And granted, it's all conceptual. But if there's suffering, you know, if I believe, if this Stephen character believes he's suffering, it's possible to be free of the suffering with the use of these concepts. It's sort of so we're using these concepts of time and space here and now and who am I to sort of uproot other concepts that may be misconceptions or beliefs we have about ourselves, beliefs we have about ourselves in reality that are causing us to suffer. So the question is, you know, why bother with these concepts of Advaita, non-duality, or, you know, whichever sort of concepts we want to use? Why bother at all talking about it? And to me, you know, it has a certain entertainment value, but in terms of a practical value, for me, I see that it's possible to use these concepts to sort of uproot other concepts or other misconceptions that we have about ourselves or I have about myself. And in that process of uprooting the misconceptions, it's possible to be free of the suffering. So that's the rationale that I see. Other, otherwise, I mean, we could spin around in circles with concepts all the time. And it can be entertaining for a while, but if you're suffering, and it's possible to be free of the suffering through the use of these concepts. And then when, you, when you're no longer suffering... Then you just go about your business. I mean, there's no problem. And if you still enjoy, you know, using concepts and exploring the nature of reality or the nature of relationship or the nature of of the world, the nature of the universe, then you go ahead and use these concepts 
in an exploratory fashion. In other words, there's a natural curiosity that arises. You know, who am I? What am I? Who are you? What's relationship? What is love? You know, what is suffering? Who am I? What are other people? What's the earth? And what is life? And what is death and birth? And what is God? Is there any God? And what is awareness? When you're free of suffering, then you sort of play with these concepts. But for me, it wasn't fun, <laughs> you know. Until I was in my early 40s, there was probably 25 years or so of searching and seeking and suffering and sort of digging into these concepts. Um, and it, it wasn't really fun, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so it gets to a certain point, you know, because the question does arise, you know, what, why talk about these concepts at all? And it just seems to me that if um, other than the entertainment value, I mean, it's something to do, you know, we can, as we're always doing something to entertain ourselves. So, but other than that, the concepts of non-duality are helpful concepts that can be used to be free of suffering. So that's why it can be helpful to find out who am I, what am I? what's real about me, and what's imaginary. So that's kind of what I find myself doing because those concepts were helpful for me to be free of suffering. And those people who believe that they're suffering now and sort of resonate with these concepts, these sort of philosophical concepts, spiritual concepts, you know, however you want to phrase it, those people that are suffering and resonate with these concepts, they come and they meet and we talk about it and people find that they're just not suffering anymore. Stephen explains that it is important to examine the truth of these non-duality concepts from our own direct experience rather than getting caught up conceptualizing about them. Before he leads us in an exploration of these concepts, however, he encourages us to examine our suffering from our own direct experience. My interest in trying to understand these concepts and make them my direct experience and know them directly was to be free of suffering because I believed that I was suffering. So it can be helpful to look into the nature of suffering in your own direct experience, not as a theory, what's happening in your own direct experience when suffering is happening. And you can look at it in terms of your experience and look at it in terms of a process. Like, first of all, I want to know what's happening when suffering is happening. When it sort of creeps into my experience, what exactly is happening so that I notice it and I can recognize it and say, oh, this is suffering. Now I know directly because I'm experiencing it right now. I know what's happening I see it happening in terms of a process and in terms of an experience. I feel my chest tighten up. I feel my stomach churning. I feel my neck muscles tighten. I feel my mind sort of racing in thoughts and images and pictures, you know. Mm -hmm. So it can be helpful, you know, if our interest is in being free of suffering, to look into the nature of suffering, not as a theory, but as noticing what's happening in our own direct experience. So what exactly is happening when I'm suffering? And I can sort of tell you what was happening in my experience, and I think you'll find it similar. But then you can look in your own experience and see if that's the same with you. And the odds are it is, because we're both human, you know, and, and there's human suffering, and there's not much difference. I mean, there's difference in the content. I mean, you can suffer about your relationships or your career or your finances or, you know, your relationship with your boss or your coworkers or your dog or your cat or your health or there may be fear of death. So many different uh, things in terms of content of suffering. 
But in terms of the process of suffering, the way it feels in your own direct experience and what's happening in terms of your mind. So your body and your mind experiences this process of suffering. And, it's, and you may find that it's just about the same every time regardless of the content of the suffering. So what I noticed with all of my suffering, every time that I was suffering, there was a, a story playing in my head. So there was a series of thoughts and an image, images revolving around me, around this Stephen character, right? Because I don't suffer about you, <laughs> you know, unless you are related to me somehow. And then, you know, so I'm always in the middle somehow. I may suffer over, you know, a loss of a family member or a relationship or my dog gets run over or something, but it's all relative to me. So I notice in my own direct experience, every time that suffering is happening, and you can check your own experience and see if this is true, every time suffering was happening, there was a story playing in my head, an imaginary story that revolved around me, the Stephen character that I believed that I am, that I believed that I was. So I, I noticed that that's happening. While the suffering is happening, I noticed that process happening, a series of thoughts, images, stories, beliefs, ideas, all sort of spinning in my head and revolving around me. And what happens is if it's a disturbing story, if I'm upset, you know, if I'm not good enough or I'm being mistreated in a relationship or by my boss or by a family member or whomever, right? If there's sort of a problem in the mental story, the imaginary story playing in my head, revolving around me, then there's a, a response in the body. So the body responds to the imaginary story of me in my head. The body responds with tightness in the chest, with the churning stomach, with maybe a, a release of adrenaline causes the, you know, the muscles and the hands to shake a little bit. Maybe my face gets flush and my neck muscles tighten up. So now I've seen this process of suffering in my own direct experience. I don't, I don't need to read about it in a book you know, I don't need to read what Freud said about the ego or any non-dual book. or I don't need to read any book about suffering because I feel it and see it and sense it in my own direct experience. So now I know suffering. I know what suffering it is. I know what it feels like. I know the process. It's an imaginary story playing in my head that revolves around me. And when the story is disturbing, when that imaginary story that's playing in my head is disturbing, it creates an uncomfortable energy flow through my body. And we call that process psychological suffering. Or that's what I'll call it. I'll call it psychological suffering. You are listening to the Guru Cafe. Stephen suggests that once we have investigated the nature of our suffering from our own direct experience, we need to examine what it is that we really are, again, using our own direct experience rather than relying on non-duality concepts. So I want to see that process. So now that I've seen that clearly, I know exactly what it is. I know what suffering is in my own direct experience. Now my interest is to be free of the suffering because I've read hundreds of books that say you don't have to suffer, that it's possible to be free of suffering. So I say, well, good, now I know what suffering is. I know, I know what it's like. So how, how do I get free of the suffering? How can I live in peace? Then the next step is, as it's suggested in much of the spiritual literature, is, well, find out who you are. 
as we see in our own direct experience, any time and every time that there's suffering happening, there's an imaginary story playing in my head that revolves around me. So who am I? So I want to find out if, if this image I have in my head, is it who I am? Now, I've read the books. I know, okay, I can say, no, that's not who I am. You are that. You are the awareness. See, I understand all the concepts. I've yes. read all the books. I already know that. So why is the suffering still happening? The second part is finding out who I am. Just like we did in the first part, we find out what is suffering in my own direct experience. See, I'm not interested in anybody's books. I'm not interested in any theories of suffering. I'm interested in what is it in my own direct experience. So you find out in your own direct experience what it feels like, what it tastes like, what it smells like. Everything there is to know about suffering. What thoughts are playing in your head. So then you know it directly. So the second part is to find out who am I, what am I. Not with anybody's theory, Ramana's theory, or Nisargadatta's theory, or the Buddhist theory of no self. There's so many theories. There's no self, that you are the self, there's only the self, blah, blah, blah. So I don't care anymore. I can't take the suffering anymore. So I'm going to find out who I am in my own direct experience. So we notice, who is this Stephen character? Does he have any separate existence apart from imagination? The Stephen character that I believe I am, I must believe I am the Stephen character because I'm suffering. So, who is this Stephen character? I want to know. So, I look and I see, can I find any Stephen character apart from this imaginary story I have in my head, this image I have of Stephen? Does he have any substantial real existence, or is he simply an image? Now, I know the answer conceptually because I've read it. Yes. So, I'm not interested in that answer. I could write the test. You could give me the non-duality test, and I would get 100%. So, I'm not interested in that test anymore. I'm interested in my direct experience. So I'm checking for the Stephen character, as it was suggested by many of the spiritual traditions, essentially say, find out who you are. See if there's any separation between you and God, or you and universal intelligence, you and life itself, however you want to, you and awareness, however you want to phrase it. See if this Stephen character that you believe you are has any real existence, or is it just an image that's playing in my head, that's appearing in my head. In this next clip, Stephen explains again how to investigate what we really are. There's many different ways. You, you look and you look and you look. Can I find anything that has any substantial existence? Any Stephen, apart from this image, I, have, I do have this image of Stephen in my head. He has his family, he has had relationships, he has had careers, and he has finances, and, you know, the, all of the human experience. He has likes and dislikes and preferences and, you know, all of that. I find all of that. I find a certain personality. You know, this Stephen character has a different personality than other people that I've met. So I find all of that, but I still haven't found sort of any separate entity, any separate controlling entity apart from that image. So a key part is noticing there is no separate image, or I should say there is no separate Stephen other than an image, other than an imagination. So I've looked into the nature of suffering in my own direct experience, and I've seen what's happening when suffering is happening. So I know exactly what's happening in terms of a process of my mind and body, what's happening when suffering happens. I've seen that. Now I've looked for this Stephen character, this me, this separate me that I believe I am, who is at the root 
of all of my suffering because there's never there's no suffering unless this Stephen character is involved. So I've looked in my own direct experience and found nothing of any substantial existence. No Stephen with any substantial existence. Another way that Stephen suggests that we examine what we are is to look at what we are in terms of time and space. If we were to define reality in terms of space and time, I want to know what's real because I'm fed up with suffering. If you were to say, uh, define reality, is reality yesterday, right now, or tomorrow? I want to use a concept that there is some reality, grant that it's a concept, because I'm suffering. I want to be free of the suffering. I could say there is no reality. I could say that there is no now. But see, that's still a concept too, but that hasn't helped free me from my suffering. So I want to take this concept at least for a little while so that we can use it to be free of the suffering. So I want to define reality in terms of time. So if we had to define reality in terms of time, would it be yesterday, right now, or tomorrow? I would say right now, just for the time being, granted it's a concept, but let's just go with that concept. So reality in terms of time is right now. In my own direct experience, you know, I don't need anybody's theory or I don't need to read any books about reality. I'm defining reality for myself because I'm fed up with reading books and I'm fed up with suffering. So I see I'm defining reality in terms of space and time. In terms of time, right now is real. Now in my own direct experience. Now what about in terms of space in my own direct experience? Is reality over there? <laughs> Is reality somewhere else in my own direct experience, or is it right here, wherever I am? So it's right here, wherever I am, because I want to know my own reality. I'm not interested in your reality. I'm not interested in any philosopher's description and definition of reality. I, I want to know my own definition of reality, because I I've seen that all my suffering is imaginary, yet that suffering is still trying to sneak in. So apparently I haven't seen reality so that's why I'm doing this little conceptual process. So in terms of space and time, my reality, and you can define it for yourself, my reality is right here, right now. Given that from our own direct experience we are right here and right now, Stephen asks us to examine what is right here and right now. So right here, right now, what's real about me? What am I in essence and what's real about me? Right here, right now, I can put it in, the, in terms of a question. Is there awareness right now? So there is awareness right now. Now, it, it seems to me I'm defining myself in terms of space and time, in terms of reality. So what's real about me? Here and now I am. This awareness is. We could say that. And I put it in the form of a question. Is there awareness right now? Yes, there is. So this seems to be the reality, but I'm still not quite sure yet. Maybe it's something else. So I say, well, is there awareness right now? I'll say, no. There's no, I, I disagree. There is no awareness. That's just a concept. But, but there's still awareness of that no. I say, no, there's no awareness. So I haven't been able to get out of this awareness that I have. I have a hint. It sort of feels like I may be onto something here. I think that this awareness is the reality, but I want to confirm it. I don't want to just believe it. So I say, yeah, is there awareness uh, here now? Yes, there is awareness. But let's test it. Say, no, there is no awareness. Yet it's still here. 
I can't get out of it. We'll say, may, well, it sort of seems like there is, yes. So I'll give it a maybe. So is there awareness of that maybe? Yes. The question arises, is there awareness? I say, yes, there is awareness. I say, maybe, there is awareness of that maybe. And if I say, no, there's awareness of that no. So I think I'm on to something here in terms of defining myself in, in direct experience and in terms of reality. So here and now, if I want to define what's real about me, here and now I am this awareness, this awareness here and now. So when am I? I'm right now. And where am I? I'm just right here. This is how simple it is. So this is what I am in reality. I'm only suffering. There's only suffering when there is an imaginary story playing in my head. So I have to go into past and future and imagination in order to have a sense of suffering. Now, even during that suffering, there's awareness of the suffering. This awareness is a prerequisite to all experience, whether there is suffering, a sense of freedom from suffering, a sense of boredom, a sense of excitement, pain, pleasure, no matter what. So I think we're on to something here in terms of experiencing ourselves, not just talking about it conceptually. Well, granted, they're concepts, but they're useful concepts when they point back to the actual experience. You know, because we could talk about the concepts of suffering, and so what? I mean, I, I knew all about suffering, but I was still suffering. We could talk about the concepts of awareness, and we could talk about the concepts of, you know, reality, and the concepts of who am I. But when you really dig in, and for me, I just couldn't take it anymore. That was the motivating factor. It wasn't as though there was anything else. It's just the motivating factor is the suffering. So the suffering, you know, drives you out of your mind. You can't take it anymore. And you say, look, either I'm going to take myself out or I'm going to be free of this suffering because I can't take it anymore. You know, the suffering is going to end one way or another. And that's not necessary for everyone, but that was um, sort of my experience. So it drives you to the point where, listen, I want to find out... What is suffering? So I know it directly. I'm not just thinking about it. That way it can't sneak up on me anymore. It can't sneak up on you when you know it. So you know suffering in terms of the process. It's a mental process, an imaginary story playing in your head that creates an uncomfortable energy flow through your body, in your stomach, your chest, your neck, the whole body. So now I know suffering. So whenever it sort of kicks in, if it sort of tries to sneak into my experience, I, ah, I say, I know you. You're an imaginary story creating an uncomfortable energy. That's it for now from the Urban Guru Cafe. If you have any comments to make about this story or any ideas you would like to hear about, you can find our contact details at urbangurucafe.com. Thanks for listening. There is no duality in non-duality.